Well, welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. I'm David Brody. Glad you're with us. It's Tuesday, December 8, 2020. And hey, let me be the first to wish you and yours a very happy Safe Harbor Day. Of course, we're not talking about boats stationed safely in a harbor. No, today's Safe Harbor date basically means states need to resolve all their election-related disputes before the Electoral College meets, which is in six days. This way, states have added legal protection in case there are legal challenges down the road. Of course, we know that the word safe, <laughs> not the word to use this time around. Nothing seems safe in this topsy-turvy election. Instead, it's been more like a dark dark hurricane. Storms are brewing. Legal lawsuits are swirling. I'm talking in an accent. It's all about the Electoral College. Dark winter seems to be approaching, even if the media doesn't cover it and wants it all to go away. Hey, the latest lawsuit, uh, how about this one? A whopper from the state of Texas. They always do things bigger down there. You know, Texas has gone right to the U.S. Supreme Court. They're suing other states, four battleground states, saying that those states unlawfully changed election laws by instituting mail-in voting, and that is unconstitutional, a no-no. Meanwhile, also today, the FDA giving the two-thumbs-up sign to the new COVID vaccine. We're going to speak to the U.S. Surgeon General to get the latest. Uh, but first, on the election fraud front, lots to discuss. We want to bring in our newsmaker, GOP National Spokesperson Liz Harrington. Liz, great to see you. Great to see you, David. Well, tell me what you make of this latest move down in Texas. I mean, they're going right to the Supreme Court. They're going to sue other states. So that's bold. Critics are saying it's more than a long shot. What's your take? Well, it is bold, and this is really the time for boldness. I think it really shows that there's so many patriots out there who've seen what's been going on, uh, what happened on November 3rd, and the, more importantly, the days following the election, and have said, this is not right. This cannot stand. And we need uh, a remedy through the very means that our founders gave us, which is the Constitution. So this case is very interesting because when you look at these different examples of all of these counties, uh, Fulton County, Allegheny in Pennsylvania, Wayne County, all of these counties stopped the count on election night when President Trump had very comfortable margins, 15 points. He was up in Pennsylvania. They stopped the count. They kicked out poll watchers and they illegally flouted the law. They illegally broke the law and counted ballots, mail in under tables in Fulton County outside Atlanta area. And this is all on tape. So if you have a corrupt system and because of our system uh, under the Constitution and the Electoral College, if you have areas corrupting their election outcomes, that disenfranchises the voters in states like Texas that followed the law and, and that made sure they weren't using fraudulent voting systems where votes are counted maybe overseas. So this is a very crucial thing. I think we've got also got the Pennsylvania case that yeah. Senator Ted Cruz is promoting and saying he will step in uh, to argue the oral arguments before the Supreme Court. There's many different tracks here, but I think it needs to converge in front of the Supreme Court to settle these constitutional issues, because if you're disenfranchising voters um, by counting illegal ballots, you don't have consent of the governed. You don't have yeah. a constitutional republic. And that's really what we're fighting to defend here. And we have to get this right, because uh, this is what our country is all about. And too many brave men and women have died defending our very freedoms and the right to govern ourselves. And that's what's on the line here. 
How hopeful are you regarding Pennsylvania? Sam Alito uh, moving up the, the deadline to today, before midnight at least, uh, as it relates to uh, Congressman Kelly's lawsuit there uh, on the unconstitutional nature of what they're doing in Pennsylvania. Are you hopeful that the Supreme Court will take this up? Uh, what's your sense? I am hopeful. I'm not sure if it's going to be this specific case or a different one, but I think the Supreme Court will uh, act here because they really have to. This is widespread. This is systemic. Just because big media wants to pretend it doesn't exist, like a certain laptop uh, in the mm. waning days before the election, just because they say something and repeat it over and over and over again doesn't make it true. And we have to get the, to the bottom of this. I think that case is very strong when you talk about equal protection and just how in Pennsylvania, the state Supreme Court there, uh, Senator Cruz had a really excellent statement. I encourage all your viewers to go back and read it uh, when he was talking about why he thinks this is so important and why the Supreme Court needs to take this case is because they're basically saying, well, you have no standing before the election, mm -hmm. but you have no standing after either. So you can just never settle these questions in the rigged system that they set up in Pennsylvania with very biased uh, activist judges there. They clearly went outside the bounds of the Constitution when they didn't change the law through the state legislature. You know, there's other avenues as well, which Senator Doug Mastriano, uh, former retired colonel, uh, who's a state senator in Pennsylvania, is really leading the charge there, is simply saying, we need to take our rights back as state legislatures. We're the ones right. who get to decide under the Constitution. So there's multiple avenues here. Obviously, a lot of people feel time is of the essence, and it is. But the truth is on our side. And if we've learned anything from the past four years, really five, since the president threw his hat in the ring and didn't need this job and came down that escalator and said, I love my country, I wanna, mm -hmm. I wanna make it great again. What we've learned is it might take a while sometimes, but the truth wins. There was no collusion. Mm -hmm. Justice Brett Kavanaugh's on the court. Justice Amy Kennedy Barrett's on the court. The truth wins. There's no quid pro quo in Ukraine. We'll get to the truth here, and we have to yeah. because it's our country. These results have been certified in all the battleground states, so you've got the safe harbor day. Uh, you, not that I know you're not uh, going to get into all the legalese here, but uh, my understanding is that just because states have certified the vote doesn't mean courts or state legislatures can't decertify them as well. Right, and we are in sort of uncharted territory here because we've never seen this really widespread systemic operation in all of these different counties um, doing this to an election and us being able to gather all the evidence. Obviously, there are strict guidelines within the framework of the Constitution with the Electoral College, but we're kind of in uncharted territory because this is never, we've never seen anything quite like this. So yeah. we just have to make sure we continue to do what's right and pursue the truth. And, and that's really the only thing that we can do. And the truth is on our side here. And we need brave men and women to continue to put their names on the line, put their livelihoods on the line. I mean, think yeah. of the thousands of affidavits of just regular average Americans, immigrants, people who just love this country and say, what I saw was wrong. They're being attacked, they're being targeted. But it's that bravery, it's that courage that is going to win the day. And obviously there's lots of legal aspects and I don't know all the ins and outs uh, of every single different avenue, but I do know um, that the, the facts and the truth are on our side and there will be relief, I believe, because the founders gave it to us in our constitution and it's just a matter of following through on our founding principles.
How convinced are you, Liz, that, I mean, this is, this is a tough road, obviously. How, there, there are a lot of Trump supporters that still believe, they're true believers, that think that somehow, some way, the truth will set everyone free. And, uh, of course, there could be, listen, there could be some serious riots. You all better go to Costco if they, you know, overturn this thing. Uh, I say overturn, nothing's been done yet. But the, the point is, is that it just, it could get real nasty. What's your sense of what could eventually happen here? Are you still, how much hope are you really holding out for here? And do you think there's a path to victory here? Absolutely, because we already won. It's just a matter of getting to the accurate result. We know what we saw on election night. We know President Trump, just numbers don't lie at the end of the day. And what President Trump was able to do, getting more African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Hispanic-Americans than most of any Republican, the most votes of any incumbent president ever, the most bellwether counties won. It just defies common sense, it defies logic, it defies math. <laughs> and mm. the numbers don't lie. And I think at the end of the day, we're going to see this. It, it, it does feel like it's a slow, long road. Um, however, we're not even to the 37 days that um, Bush Gore took, right? We're still, time is of the essence, but we do have clear pathways here because President Trump won. We know what we saw, and the media manipulated it. They tried to prop Joe Biden up, just like they tried to do this entire year. He didn't campaign. Um, they were trying to drag him across the finish line. They tried to give the impression, the false impression, that he was ever winning this thing. He wasn't. They called Arizona for him when no votes were even in yet. Mm -hmm. We know there was a lot of fraud. A lot of it's on tape. We know that they, they keep having to change their story. It was a water main break, and then it was a urinal, and then it was this or that and the other thing. We've never changed our story because we're, we have the facts yeah. on our side. Well, Liz, what do you guys need, though? Because you say President Trump won, and there are a lot of folks that b believe exactly what you're saying, but the courts, uh, so far at least, have not given... I mean, there, there have been some courts that have taken some of these cases, and they want to see... For, I mean, I can list plenty of uh, victories... But overall, there hasn't been the big breakthrough. What, what's the big breakthrough? What, what could happen that could turn this thing, Liz? Well, I think we saw a couple big breakthroughs last week already with securing that video videotape to show the fraud in the middle of the night in plain sight, show the lies and corruption. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to continue to see that. When you shine the light on something, no matter what big media says and how much they censor it, but the truth is getting out there, and Americans know, even 30% of Democrats in that Rasmussen poll uh, from over a week ago, they, they believe there was fraud and cheating going on for, for Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. So the people are gonna be on our side. I think a big breakthrough will, will end up being through the Supreme Court. We just have to wait and see. We'll, we should get news out today on that front with the Pennsylvania case. Yeah. Obviously, Texas just filed that case. So there's still moving parts. And of course, you have the sure. outside lawsuits, legal battles as well to expose that fraud and get to the bottom of it. And that might take a little bit longer. Yeah. But the state legislatures can move right now and call special sessions as well. And we're certainly praying and, and hoping people have the courage to fight for their country because, again, right. this is about our freedom. Liz Harrington, always great to see you. Thanks for being on the water cooler today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Liz Harrington with the GOP. You heard her. President Trump won. And guess what? There are a lot of folks that believe that. CNN, they don't. You know what? Take a hike. Back in a moment.
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. A lot of vaccine-related news to report on. An executive order by the president, a vaccine summit taking place at the White House, and the FDA uh, giving the big thumbs up uh, to the uh, Pfizer vaccine coming uh, very, very soon. So let's get the latest on all of that uh, from Vice Admiral uh, Jerome Adams, the Surgeon General uh, of the United States, joining us from the White House. Surgeon General Adams, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Glad to be here with you today. Well, tell me a little bit about the summit going on at the White House today and also about the executive order that will accompany some of uh, the vaccine-related news. Well, as you mentioned, we expect that within days we will have the first emergency use authorization for a vaccine in this country. And we want people to understand that we've been working for months to make sure when we do have a vaccine, it will be distributed uh, efficiently, it will be distributed equitably, and that people should trust it. And so this summit today is really to help people understand from both the federal, state, and local perspective what we're doing to ensure distribution, but also to promote vaccine confidence. I want people to know these, these vaccines are incredibly safe they're over 90% effective, and that I, as a physician, as a dad, as the Surgeon General, will get a vaccine myself as soon as they tell me I'm able to. That's how confident I am that they will help us in this pandemic. How do you overcome that hurdle? Because I can tell you right now, anecdotally and otherwise, there are a lot of folks that feel this might be rushed. I mean, they're glad. Believe me, Operation Warp Speed, fantastic. But they're concerned, and of course, the anti-vax crowd will say, I'm just not getting any, I'm not taking this. I'm just not going to take it. Well, I completely understand where people are coming from. They want to know that this vaccine is safe. And I want people to know that these vaccines were made with technology that has been around for over a decade. So it's not brand new. Really, the speed has come through administrative efficiencies and also through ramping up manufacturing ahead of time. We really have spent a lot of money to make sure we could produce these vaccines very quickly, not so that we could cut any safety corners whatsoever. So that's important for people uh, to, to understand. And uh, again, uh, I, I want people to know that this is the way we end this pandemic. So while uh, there's been a lot of politicization of of the entire process, uh, the real honest truth for people is that uh, if we don't get people vaccinated, then we will continue to feel the pain from this pandemic. We'll continue to see people suffering. So it's important that we engage with groups, faith leaders I'm talking to, celebrity influencers, uh, the NFL, to help people understand these vaccines are safe and they are effective and they'll help us in this pandemic. So there's going to be some sort of concerted promotional effort to get people on board so, so other Americans know it's safe to take? Absolutely. Uh, and I've been working with many of these groups since February, March, the beginning of this pandemic. And from that time, I've been speaking about the importance of vaccine confidence. But yes, we will continue yeah. to work 
increasingly with groups to promote vaccine confidence. And one thing you can do right now is get your flu vaccine. It is National Flu Vaccination Week, uh, and that will help us keep hospital beds open for COVID patients. Sur Surgeon General Adams, let me ask you a little bit about how many Americans will be vaccinated at some point here in a time frame by the end of the year, who goes first? What are we talking about in terms of numbers and how this will kind of roll out for ordinary Americans into the uh, spring of next year? Great question. Our projections uh, are still that we will have 40 million doses of vaccine before the end of this year, which will allow us to vaccinate 20 million people because remember, two these shots. are two dose vaccines. After that, we expect to have about another 20 million doses per month of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, assuming they both make it over the EUA finish line. And that's not even counting the Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca vaccines, which could increase that supply even more. So we still expect by the end of the second quarter, beginning of third quarter of next year, everyone who can get a vaccine, who wants a vaccine, will be able to get a vaccine in this country. I know this is a little bit of a political question, but it does have a medical base to it. And that is uh, about these vaccines as it relates to them being mandated at some point. I know that'll be up to state, local officials, but I know there are people that are concerned that to get on an airplane, you would have to have the vaccine. Uh, who knows if that's going to happen? But I think there's a concern that if you don't get the vaccine, you might be ostracized uh, to a degree in this in this country somehow some way well i think it's going to be incredibly difficult for anyone to mandate a vaccine that is approved under an emergency use authorization to your point i think more people will be inclined to get the vaccine because it will allow them to be more confident about traveling. It will allow us to uh, more safely reopen restaurants, um, uh, businesses, etc. I want people to do it because they believe it's safe, not because they're forced to do it. And so I'm going to continue to work to help people understand the processes. If you don't trust the politics, trust the process. These vaccines are safe. They are incredibly effective. They're the way we end this pandemic. So go to vaccines.gov. Uh, watch the uh, summit we're having today. I want people to ask tough questions so that we can answer them and assure them of the safety and efficacy of these vaccines. Can, can you just clear up why Moderna and Pfizer aren't there? Uh, there, there are senses, uh, or there's uh, an understanding as to maybe because the FDA is hasn't officially given approval yet, so they have to be careful. I'm just wondering, is there a reason Pfizer and Moderna won't be at the summit today? Well, my understanding is that they are all incredibly focused on making sure their vaccines get across the finish line and that they can answer the questions that the FDA has. That's the most important thing that they can do. Understand the summit today isn't so much about what Moderna and Pfizer have done. It's about what we're going to do once a vaccine gets across the EUA finish line yeah. and how we're going to make sure it's distributed as quickly and equitably as possible. Let me just ask you one question before you go. What's a sense for people in terms of a return to normal? If everything goes well, if the vaccine uh, takes and and things go as planned, what, what kind of sense uh, can you give people in terms of when things may eventually get back to normal? And I'm putting normal in air quotes a little bit there. Well, what I want people to understand is a return to normal isn't going to be a light switch. It's going to be more like a dimmer switch. And there are things that we can do right now to uh, help us have some sense of normalcy. We know, for instance, that we can safely open schools. The data shows that if people follow mitigation efforts. We can do that even without a vaccine. 
But once we get people vaccinated, then we can slowly start to have people visiting nursing homes again. Yeah. That will be a return to a sense of normal. And then we can reopen travel. So I expect, again, that we will start to see things returning to normal. Right in the first quarter of next year in different areas, depending on the mitigation efforts people take, because the vaccine doesn't mean we still don't have to follow the three W's, washing your hands, wearing a mask, and watching your distance. Surgeon General Jerome Adams, thanks for your service to this country. Really appreciate you joining us here. Thank you. Have hope. Help is on the way. All right. Sounds good. You heard him. The Surgeon General right here on the water cooler. Back in a moment. Okay. It's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. I got to tell you, I'm living in two universes. It's the president-elect. Did I put that in quotes? Well, I'll put it in quotes. President-elect Vice President uh, Biden. I'm sorry, President-elect Biden on one hand, and then President Trump thinks he's going to win another four years. We had Liz Harrington on earlier in the show saying President Trump won. So, you know, look, my head is spinning. Uh, I need Excedrin. I've gone straight to the, forget the prescription medication. I'm going to the IV drip uh, at this point, straight into the arm. Uh, Paul Farhi, uh, the Washington media reporter with the, uh, did I say Washington? The media reporter with the Washington Post uh, joins us uh, yet again uh, back on the show. Uh, Paul, you're like a regular, not like you're like an SNL character, but you're like a regular here. Uh, and this is my best gig I got going, David. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks, Paul. All right. So Liz Harrington earlier in the show has talked about President Trump won. And I know, I know it makes media, mainstream media members heads spin. I want to get your reaction to some of what she said earlier in, in the broadcast. Uh, well, I, I think it's the party line of the Trump faithful. Uh, I think the evidence shows something very, very different. And we can go through that if you'd like. But You know, in some ways, David, it's hard to argue with the faithful and the belief of the faithful. Um, The facts don't seem to really matter and the evidence doesn't seem to matter. So go on, I guess. But, you know, we keep trying to say, not us, but elected uh, election officials, governors, uh, people who conducted the elections in five different states, as well as judges say, no, that's not the case. Here are the facts. You haven't supported your case. And Joe Biden is the president-elect. Paul, I want to get your reaction to uh, something, uh, and, and a conservative op-ed that was in Real Clear Politics, also in the Fairfield the Sun-Times. This is what it said. Uh, what we are talking about is the most consequential election challenge since 2000 and perhaps the most significant constitutional crisis since the Civil War, yet the celebrity journalists can't be bothered to do any actual reporting of their own. Do you think Jake Tapper or Christian Welker or Caitlin Collins actually called one of the witnesses for themselves to hear their stories or test their credibility? And, Paul, it goes to a point I've been trying to make for a very long time, which is, look, 
Where is the investigative journalism? I mean, I feel, Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the national media are calling down to election official offices and the secretary of state, even a Republican secretary of state, saying there's no there there. And that just ends the there. It's been investigated. I mean, there's really no shoe leather here. Well, I think that mischaracterized what actually has gone on. Jake Tapper may not have done the investigative work, but the reporters from The Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, on and on, have talked to, have vetted, have reported on these claims. Uh, More important than us, David, is what have the courts said? What have the judges said? They're the ones who are charged with reviewing the evidence Mm -hmm. as presented by Rudy Giuliani, and uh, they have found nothing. They have rejected more than 40 suits. Uh, The Trump campaign has won on one suit, uh, a procedural uh, account, and the rest has been rejected by the courts. So ignore the media. Let's Let's see what the third branch of government says, the judiciary. And the judiciary is not giving a very good account for the Trump campaign. Well, look, look, I'm not a pizza, uh, Pizzagate conspiracy guy, as you know, Paul, uh, but at the same time, there have been plenty of potential victories for, not even potential victories, victories for the Trump campaign. I mean, look out in, look in uh, Nevada, uh, where, have, uh, right? I mean, been. there have been, but, but you're not hearing about them. That, that's my point. You're really not hearing about them because it's all about President-elect Biden. If you go through the docket of all the Trump challenges and you'll see more than 40 losses, rejections, dismissals, withdrawals by the campaign, it's simply a case that they cannot sustain. Why can't they sustain it? Because they can't marshal the evidence to sustain it. And the judges have said, we don't see an issue to take up and to rule on. You know, the Trump campaign is banking on getting this up to the Supreme Court. I don't want to make predictions, but I would guess that the Supreme Court won't hear this for the simple reason that there's not an issue, a constitutional issue for them to consider. And that's what the lower courts have said consistently. And by the way, these aren't flamingly liberal Democrats. These are, uh, in some cases, judges appointed by Trump himself. Paul, I believe, and I'd like to get your sense of this, I believe the media is doing a major disservice by, and let's be honest, discounting uh, the, the views of tens of millions of Americans who believe that Donald Trump uh, either won this election or there's something nefarious going on, and to not cover it, and that's what they're doing. I mean, they're just not covering it, uh, is a disservice to not only those people, but Paul, quite frankly, it's more disservice, I shouldn't say disservice, it's, it's more hurting the CNNs of the world and the MSNBCs of the world because they people don't already trust them. And the fact that they're not even covering it now just goes to the brand that these people already know. They don't trust them anyhow. And now they're like, oh, well, you see, they're not even covering the other side. Once again, I'm not suggesting to sit here and say there's an evidentiary case for Trump to become or remain president. I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying that you got to cover both sides of this thing. Yeah, and here's why, David, here's why they're not covering it. It's difficult to cover something that is not there. You know, if you look but, but at Paul, any, there, there, you say it's not there. What's not you, there? I don't understand what's there, not there. You'll find 20 to 30 percent of people believe things that are not in evidence. Should we cover those things? Because they're not in evidence. For instance, the moon landing, for instance. Uh, you're not, but you're not, you're not, you're not saying this is the moon don't landing cover stuff. Because we cannot uncover 
evidence to support those things. Our job is to tell you what's true, not what isn't true. Well, hold on for a second. But, but for example, that affidavit by, I believe it was Jesse Jacobs in Detroit, the one that filed the, the election worker in Wayne County. Where's the interview with her on CNN and MSNBC and The Washington Post and New York Times? And they have time to interview everybody else under the sun. But when it comes to folks like this, we're not hearing from any of these folks that are signing affidavits under penalty of perjury. Uh, are you aware of what efforts that CNN or some other news organization made to look at that affidavit? I, I am, actually. I did speak to, I, 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 I am aware of what CNN uh, said that they, they I, did, but. But I would suggest that if you knew about what they had actually done to review those cases, that they came to a reasonable decision to say that this doesn't hold water. And that's why we're not going to cover it. All right. Paul Farhi. I tell you what, how do I say this? I say this in a nice way. You take my breath away. I don't mean it like that, but you know what I mean. I mean, you just, you know, I just love talking to you about this because, uh, you know, look, I'm in a sweat now. I'm all, I'm all lathered up. We, we, will, we will go at it again, and I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Thank Paul you. Fari with The Washington Post. I, here's why we, we love Paul on the show. Straight shooter, hey, you may not agree with him. That's okay. You may not agree with me, actually. But you know what? He's going to tell it like it is, and we appreciate the honesty. Back in a moment, I need a towel off. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, all right, look, uh, President Donald J. Trump, he's still president. I know. Who knows? Maybe another four years. All right, don't laugh. Don't laugh. 99.9% .9 chance maybe, but 0.1% chance. Anyhow, the question now becomes, and there's a lot of talk about this, if the president uh, leaves, uh, what happens regarding pardons, uh, f pardons for family members? Could he pardon himself? There's a lot of talk about this. We want to bring in Professor uh, Aaron Solomon. He is a senior digital strategist with NextLevel.com who wrote an article about this, basically a primer on presidential family pardons. So, uh, Professor uh, Solomon, great to have you with us. It's great to be here, David. Thanks for having me. Well, why don't you take us through the, uh, the primer? Uh, t you, you're making the case, what, that he can't, can he pardon himself? My sense is you're saying there's a way for him to pardon himself. Well, the pardoning himself piece is extremely complicated. In the piece that I wrote on presidential family primers, it was really thinking about his kids and potentially his wife. Okay. The issue as to whether a president can pardon himself is something that we've been grappling with for at least 50 years and ultimately would have to be decided by the Supreme Court if they choose to hear the case. So talk to me then, take me through it a little bit regarding family pardons. Let's at least start there. Uh, what, what's the argument for him allowing family pardons in, in an ethical and constitutional way? 
Well, constitutionally, he can absolutely do it. So as we remember, it's the Constitution that guarantees the president's pardon power. It's actually in Section 2, Clause 1 of the Constitution, and it says that the president has the power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States. That's the first piece, is a presidential pardon is only for federal offenses. It doesn't say in the Constitution that the president can't pardon family members. So let's put aside the first lady for a minute and focus on potentially pardoning his children. My opinion is, and I think the opinion of, of much better constitutional scholars than I, is that he can absolutely do it. And remember, what's important here is that there's two types of pardons. You can actually do a preemptive pardon if someone is yet to be charged with a crime. And that's something that a lot of people don't know. Well, I was just about to ask you that because my next question was going to be, how can you pardon someone who hasn't committed a crime or hasn't been charged with committing a crime? So how does that work exactly? Well, again, that's you're, the language you use there is wonderful. You really can't pardon someone who hasn't committed a crime, but you can pardon someone who has committed a crime, who hasn't been charged yet. So if we look at President Trump warming up his pardon pen last week with General Flynn, General Flynn had been accused of committing a crime, and there was a judicial process that happened after that. So that was more of what we think of as a traditional pardon. But the president can absolutely pardon someone who has, to this date, committed a crime, but has not yet been charged. And that's the theory that comes around the pardons for the president's children, is if, hypothetically, they have committed federal crimes, could he pardon them? And I believe the answer to that is yes. But again, remember, the presidential pardon power applies only to federal crimes, not to any state crimes. And a lot of experts believe that if the Trump family ends up getting into trouble after President Trump eventually leaves office, it could be more with state crimes than federal crimes. Right, for sure. But you know what's interesting to me on this whole federal crime pardon? I mean, what <laughs> what is it, fill in the blank when it comes to a pardon? I mean, how, how do you pardon someone for a potential crime that someone down the road may charge them with? I mean, I hereby pardon, uh, you know, Jared Kushner for and then A, B and C or fill in the blank or multiple choice. How does that, that, that I don't even understand that. Yeah, it depends. That's, that's honestly the short answer that it depends. It could be a fill in the blank. It could be <laughs> listing the actual crime that had been committed. It, it's really, really interesting um, how it works, but that's the way that it would work. But obviously it would be to pardon a federal crime that has already happened, not a crime mm -hmm. that could happen at some point in the future because a president cannot pardon crimes that have not yet occurred. So uh, back to the president pardoning himself, I know there's uh, kind of two schools of thought on it, though I'm assuming most constitutional scholars would say that he really can either can't pardon himself or at least ethically for sure should not pardon himself. I mean, the framers, I would think, would maybe look down upon something like that. Here's a practical way that he can get around it. Yes, we could absolutely have a four hour long conversation, probably longer than our slot today, about the ethics of doing this or whether President Trump or any president could get away with it. Here's one practical way that it could happen. The 25th Amendment could be invoked, obviously with President Trump's cooperation, and Vice President Trump could become president. Even for a very short period of time, Vice President Pence could then pardon President Trump of federal crimes. That's one way to get around the idea of a self-pardon.
<laughs> uh, you know, listen, with President Trump, you know, everything's on the table. I have no idea what's going to end up happening. Uh, I will say this. What's your best guess as it relates to whether or not any of this comes to fruition? I think he has a few other things uh, that he's dealing with right about now. Uh, he's in an election fraud fight uh, and all of that. I mean, do, do you think that this is even a situation where family pardons may end up coming into play here at some point? Absolutely. Every president, as I said, when President Trump last week was warming up his pardon pen, every president makes a lot of pardons very close to or on their last day of office. Mm -hmm. The idea that President Trump would pardon family members is absolutely not beyond the pale. The question that we haven't talked today, by the way, that I find very interesting is could he or would he pardon his wife? Uh, there are more complex legal theories around that. Um, theoretically, he could pardon his wife. There also may be a no around that based on a long-standing legal doctrine around husbands and wives called spousal privilege. So when we talk about President Trump pardoning his family members, I'd like to have that conversation exclude for the time being the first lady. I got about 30 seconds or so, but what would he pardon his wife for? I mean, am I missing something? Was there something illegally um, charged out there or brought up? I'm trying to understand that. Well, my understanding is that the Trump family generally um, has been accused of certain federal and state crimes that the first lady may or may not be involved in. It would make sense that if President Trump was seeking to pardon his children and other family members that mm. I would think if I were him, I might want to involve my wife in that pardon as well. That one becomes right. a little bit more politically and legally complicated. Yeah, the old umbrella pardon. All right, uh, Professor Aaron Solomon, thanks for being here. Great insight. Really appreciate the conversation. Thanks for having me anytime all right boy i tell you what my head's about to explode hey speaking about exploding stuff the last sip is next uh and <laughs> uh, this is an interesting one let me just say santa he has gone off the rails he's making kids cry delve into the shadows of the mind with sleeping dogs a gripping murder mystery starring academy award winner russell crowe now available on digital Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to the water cooler. Water cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. Uh, hey, Christmas is just around the corner. Did you know Santa was a liberal or is a liberal? It's true. Uh, well, actually, we do have uh, some proof. Look at this New York Post headline. Uh, politically correct Santa tells crying kid he won't bring him Nerf gun. Basically, a mall Santa dropped the hammer on the little boy who asked him for a Nerf gun for Christmas, uh, telling the bowling kid he wouldn't bring him the toy. He says, no, sorry, guns. Not allowed in your household. That's, that's Santa. I tell you what, boy, Santa, the anti-Second Amendment uh, Santa. It made me wonder, you know, huh, uh, I wonder what other uh, kids, boys and girls, are asking for this Christmas to the liberal Santa. Dad? Do you hear me? I hear you. <laughs> Can I get a Hess truck? A Hess truck. No, sorry. 
you can't have a Hess truck. You know what? It's just not environmentally sound and AOC would just not be happy. So I'm going to have to give you the big no on that. Hmm. What else might little kids enjoy this Christmas? Daddy, can I have a Lego police set, please? A Lego police set? Of course not, little Johnny or Sarah or whoever you are. A Lego police set? No, no. We don't do that at Christmas. Absolutely not. I'm liberal Santa. You know about defund the police. Now, if you want a Black Lives Matter Lego set, we'll talk about it. But a defund the police, or defund the police, a, a police Lego set? No. What else do you have in mind? I really hope we have a Malibu Barbie house. A Malibu Barbie house. Now that, little Johnny or Sarah, you can definitely have that because you know why? It comes with the house, and that means you have to stay inside. So why not? As long as you are inside your house and you never come out of the Malibu Barbie house, you can have that. What do you think of that? You stick. Well, sorry, but there you have it. A Malibu Barbie house complete with the house. And, a, and indeed, liberal Santa will grant that wish too. By the way, can we put the liberal Barbie up for a quick moment? I say the liberal Barbie. Can we put the Malibu Barbie up for a quick moment uh, with the house? If for some reason... People from down the neighborhood come into the Malibu Barbie house. They need to wear a mask and Barbie needs to wear a mask. So liberal Santa would then require Barbie to wear a mask. I'm just letting you know. All right. Back in a moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Uh, time to check in on what's going on around the JustTheNews.com Water Cooler. They got a huge, they, it's us. We have a huge website uh, with a lot of news breaking all the time. Uh, Nick Ballacy, uh, Just the News uh, senior correspondent, joining us now. Uh, hey, Nick, what's, what's going on over there? You got some stories you're working on. What's, what's one of them? Well, we've been following the stimulus package right now. There's a bipartisan framework that's being turned into a formal proposal, formal legislation, which will be about $908 billion, just shy of a trillion. Now, this is not what the uh, House originally passed, which was uh, the HEROES Act, which was $3 trillion, and then they went down to $2.2 trillion. Now it looks like this $908 billion framework uh, that will be turned into a bill uh, has a chance to pass in both the House and Senate, but it lacks uh, stimulus payments. Mm -hmm. One of the stories we broke at Just the News is that lawmakers were telling me it's not going to have stimulus payments in it, which isn't sitting well with uh, some members of the uh, of the House and some members of the Senate. But this proposal keeps gaining more and more supporters as time goes on. So we're following that as it makes its way through Congress. So what's the timeline on that, Nick? I mean, what's your sense? And what, do you think stimulus checks would be included eventually? I mean, it seems like a, you would think it's a no-brainer uh, ultimately on this. Uh, Tom Reed, who's the co-chair of the Problem Solvers Caucus in the House, I interviewed him. 
And he told me it's not going to be added in. Stimulus payments won't be added in. They were trying to go with targeted relief in this proposal. He doesn't see it getting added in by the leadership, by Pelosi or the leadership in the Senate. We'll see. I mean, it's it, it could happen. Anything mm-hmm. can happen in Washington. But we have the omnibus bill still going on in the background, too. Uh, regular government funding, the, the federal budget. That has to get done at the same time. They do want to do stimulus as well. There's some talk in the Senate of possibly putting the omnibus funding together with the stimulus. And then, of course, they have the defense authorization bill, the defense fund that has to get done soon. So a lot happening before the end of the year here. Nick Balsey, we'll check back in with you at some point as things move along. I appreciate your time, sir. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. All right, Nick Balsey, uh, if you look up shoe leather in the encyclopedia, boom, Nick's picture appears. Um, so we thank Nick for that. Uh, all right, that does it for the Water Cool Dad. This was a great show, if I do say so myself. Uh, we had a lot of great guests, tons of great guests tomorrow. <laughs>